the world The sound with the beat The sound that sets you tapping your feet Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure The sound of the news, rhythm and blues Tchaikovsky swing, whatever you choose Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure Welcome to All Things Radio, your weekly radio magazine, with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educate, syncopate, radio communicate, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, a very good evening from Southwest Florida. I hope everybody's doing well. We're under a little bit of a handicap tonight. Our software is not quite up to 100%. It's one of these things where they did a major update and they messed up a little thing called accessibility. But, hey, we're working with it and we'll be fine. They can't even do the iPhone right. Why do they expect to do our software right? Right, Jeff? Well, you're not kidding. They certainly can't do the iPhone right. Uh, Jamie T's here, and I tried, was talking to him, and I had a phone call come in, and I went to answer that phone call and hang up on Jamie T, and all of a sudden my phone locked up on me, and it took forever to figure out how to get that to work. But uh, you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear what's coming up on All Things Radio Live. First of all, let's talk about what's happening this week. We'll have our radio news from a national perspective. We'll have a, na- right, we'll have a national, from a national perspective. All right, hold on just a second, Jeff. Jeff. Yes. All right, 505, whatever. Oh, my. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, just go ahead, Jeff. Okay, we have a very busy podcast this week. First of all, we've got the radio news, and guess what? We've got WBAI again. They're on the terminal. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what's happening on the street, and, of course, we'll conclude our look at the Nielsen Personal People Media Ratings for September. And, of course, oh, we've, yeah. got that, we've got our usual feature station. And, you know, in radio today, people do more than one thing. Uh, sometimes radio announcers work for more than one radio station or they work for one radio station and do more than one show. In this case, we're traveling to Jacksonville, Florida. I'm going to listen to Mark Kay working at WOKV AM, I mean FM, and WAPE FM. They're both, he does both the morning show on WAPE AM, and uh, FM I should say, and he works on WOKV FM doing a talk show during the midday. So that's interesting. And then we'll travel to the Motor City, listening to CKLW and Teddy Bear, or Teddy Truck and Bear, or whatever he called himself, Ted Richards on CKLW from 1972. All in all, a very busy show this week. And Jeff, did you mention I was fixing another issue? Uh, We're going to make a trip to Australia? Oh, that's right. Bill's traveling to Australia, and I forgot all about that. He's traveling to Australia, and uh, I wish I could go with you, Bill. Yeah, we're going to go to Australia. It's not warm enough here in southwest Florida. So we're going to do the history of Australian radio part one. And I will tell you just a word of of caution to callers. If you come in with noise, you will be muted. And if you persist, you will be removed. But you will not only you will be removed permanently from coming into the because we're serious about the noise. So please. Please try to cooperate with us because we do this as a podcast also. And please, please try. Okay, Jeff. Um, well, we got the whole panel here. You know, Sean's Sean. here, Chris is here, Gary's here, and Perry's here. So we're all here. Uh, we're here because we're always here on Thursday nights. 
Does anybody yeah, want to give us nothing else to do? That's, why no. that's right. Go ahead, Bill. That's us. Does anybody else want to got any positive news before we go to the regular news? Um, well, uh, uh, of course, there was some breaking news later. I guess after, what are you going to do that after the uh, after the yeah. radio? Yeah, news we're going to do that breaking we'll, we'll news. Yeah, I've got I've got some uh, radio news to share, and I'm right. we'll get well, we'll, we'll get to you All right. later. All right, let's do the regular radio news. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. The soap opera continues for WBAI-FM. Radio One adopts a new revolutionary radio player. We'll let you know what's happening on the street, provide you with cord-cutting news, and continue our look at the September personal people meter ratings. It was yet another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and WBAI-FM in New York City once again makes news. Last week, we reported that WBAI staff was fired, and the programming was going to be handled by the Pacifica Radio Satellite Service. That's all changed, at least temporarily. The staff is being restated, and local programming has returned to WBAI-FM. Infighting continues at Pacifica's national board and the local board of directors of WBAI-FM. The problem here is that WBAI is a union shop represented by the American Federation of Radio and Television Artists. Pacifica locally was being taken to court in New York State over the firing of the staff of WBAI. Well, that's not going to happen at this point. However, what is the future of WBAI? We really don't know. Ultimately, Pacifica's national foundation can fire the staff at WBAI and can control what program are on WBAI because under federal regulations, WBAI's license is held by the Pacifica Foundation, which runs the Pacifica radio stations. What's the future of WBAI? We really don't know, and we'll let you know more in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Radio One is doing something that's just a bit different than other radio companies. In their Radio One player, you'll be able to rewind the radio station that you're listening to, so if you missed a story, if you missed a part of a program, you can do this. The radio station storage will be up to 24 hours, and we'll let you know more about this radio player when we play with it in future All Things Radio live broadcasts. Now it's time to take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. LBI Media has exited bankruptcy. LBI Media mainly programs Spanish radio stations, and they entered into Chapter 11 bankruptcy in November of 2018. That's all done, and they were $550 million in debt when they entered bankruptcy, and now they're about $200 million in debt. They've appointed a new head of the company. His name is Peter Markham, and we'll let you know more about the future of this company in a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Congratulations go out to Karina Ferrier, who's the new program director of Radio station KUFX-FM in San Jose, California. The station transmits on a frequency of 98.5 with a classic rock format. She came to KUFX-FM after working in College Station, Texas. Cumulus Media has made changes to the radio landscape in Boise, Idaho, as radio station KQFC-FM has dropped its country format in favor of a soft adult contemporary format, calling the station Magic 97.9. Cumulus Media is making changes in Allentown, Pennsylvania, adding a new morning show to WCTO-FM. They program a country format and they transmit on a frequency of 96.1. Cumulus has also dropped the alternative rock format on 107.1, licensed to Belvedere, New Jersey. The station will be simulcasting the programming on WCTO-FM, which adds a new morning show. The morning show is hosted by Sam and Hannah, and will provide you with an air check of this radio station on a future All Things Radio live broadcast. Finally, Rick Cavillas says goodbye to KILT-AM. KILT-AM is owned and operated by Edicom and programs in all sports format. Rick Cavillas is leaving KILT-AM and will be working with Sirius Satellite Radio. Now it's time for some cord-cutting news. If you're interested in trying out Amazon, 
Amazon's new upgraded HD music service you can try for free for three months. Find out more at Amazon.com. If you love Halloween, travel over to YouTube because Disney is streaming the Halloween Town movies for free for a limited time only. TiVo's new streaming plus streaming service is now available on TiVo players. You'll have all kinds of movies and TV shows to watch. Find out more at the TiVo website. In other news, AMC is launching an on-demand streaming service where you can rent or purchase movies. AMC is the largest owner of movie theaters throughout the world, and you'll be able to rent or buy movies through AMC's streaming service. The movies will be available after they've been released to the movie theaters, and we'll let you know more about this in a future All Things Radio Live broadcast. Finally, Hulu is adding 4K support for Fire TVs, Xbox One, and the LG TV operating system. Now it's time to conclude our look at the deals of September personal people meter ratings. In Portland, Oregon, the number one rec radio station is KKCWFM with a country format. The number two rec radio station is the public radio station that's KOPBFM with a news talk and information format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Portland, Oregon is KLTHFM with a classic hits format. In Charlotte, North Carolina, the number one rec radio station, and we haven't seen this as a number one rec radio station for a while, is WRFXFM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is WSOCFM with a country format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Charlotte, North Carolina is WBAVFM with an urban adult contemporary format. In San Antonio, Texas, the number one rec radio station is KONOFM with a classic hits format. The number two rec radio station is KCYYFM with a country format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in San Antonio, Texas is WOAIAM with a news talk and information format. In Sacramento, California, the number one rec radio station is KSEGFM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is KNCIFM with a country format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Sacramento, California is KRXQFM with an active rock format. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the number one rec radio station is WWSWFM with a classic hits format. The number two rec radio station is WDVEFM with an active rock format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is WRRKFM with an adult hits format. In Salt Lake City, Utah, things are status quo. The number one and two rec radio stations program a classic hits format. Number one is KODJFM and the number two rec radio station is KRSPFM. The number three rec radio station in Salt Lake City, Utah is KSFIFM programming an adult contemporary format. In Las Vegas, Nevada, the number one rec radio station is KSNEFM with an adult contemporary format. The number two rec radio station is KKLZFM programming a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Las Vegas, Nevada is KMXBFM with a hot adult contemporary format. In Orlando, Florida, the number one rec radio station is WOCLFM with a classic hits format. The number two rec radio station is WRUMFM with a Spanish tropical format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Orlando, Florida is WOMXFM with a hot adult contemporary format. In Cincinnati, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WLWAM with a news talk and information format. The number two rec radio station is WGRRFM with a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Cincinnati, Ohio is WUBEFM with a country format. In Cleveland, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WMJIFM with a classic hits format. The number two rec radio station is WZAKFM with an urban adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Cleveland, Ohio is WGARFM with a country format. In Kansas City, Missouri, the number one rec radio station is KCFXFM with a classic rock format. The number two rec radio station is KCMOFM with a classic hits format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Kansas City, Missouri is KPRSFM with an urban format. Finally, in Columbus, Ohio, the number one rec radio station is WCOLFM with a country format. The number two rec radio station is WNCI-FM with a hot adult contemporary format. And finally, the number three rec radio station in Columbus, Ohio is WSNY-FM 
with an adult contemporary format. Finally, according to those media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Back on top, and we haven't seen this in a while, is Home Depot, followed by Geico Insurance, McDonald's, State Farm Insurance, and indeed the employment recruiting firm. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. It's time once again for listener calls and feedback. To get in touch with the podcast team, call 800-693-0595 and hit option two for the podcast team. Hey guys, this is Judy in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I listened to your All Things Radio this evening. I loved the KAAY air checks. It was absolutely wonderful. So good to hear it again. And uh, they were just such a force here in Little Rock and even in the nation, you know. And uh, Beaker Street, I I was a little kid. I always found Beaker Street kind of scary. Ooh, it was just too much for me. But Wayne Moss, I loved him. I loved all the DJs. KAAY had some great DJs. They really did. Anyway, I totally enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Bonnie from Southern California, and I've continued to listen, but I only call when I really feel like I have anything to contribute. First of all, the WIBC and the KAAY, what they have in common, the good old days, I'm always harping about how different things were, the apartments for rent in 1972. It reminds me of my first apartment looking for them right about exactly that time, and how much cheaper things were and utilities were all included. Who says things are necessarily better now? Well, the WIBC uh, remote thing just took me back again to the days when that could go over. How I wish with all the political misery going on and hyperbole and everything that we could have radio stations that would have things of interest, things of neutrality, if anything such as that exists anymore, and just like human interest and entertainment lighthearted stuff and I don't know why with all the stress in the world that hasn't found some niche it just seems to me that that would be money 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 Jeff well the variety station from Phoenix I have to say I wish that would catch on I was very impressed boy I'm always saying this if LA could only have a station like that but we are destined not to I think that's it for now. Thanks for a great show, and please keep up the good work. Hey, this is John Wesley Smith from Hallsville, Missouri, with a strange synchronicity for you. I was hearing 880 from Sheridan, Arkansas, the Little Rock area, KLRG, and uh, this is between 8 and 9 o'clock at night, and they were playing songs from 1972, Top 40 stuff, and uh, some uh, commercials from then as well. And uh, the announcer, and I did not catch his name, but um, he was calling the program Tin Can Alley. And I thought, hmm, that sounds like a knockoff of Beaker Street from (laughs) K-A-A-Y. And sure enough, at the end of the show, which was a little bit after nine, they obviously weren't very good on their timing. But anyway, uh, he mentioned that the uh, archives for the commercials and things like that came from K-A-A-Y. And he gave uh, attributes to uh, somebody that had some kind of a library or something from uh, archives from that era. I just thought how strange that was, and I don't
don't know if that's a regular thing on that station. I listened to KAAY a lot when I was uh, growing up uh, back in the uh, 70s, and uh, they did play the uh, religious programming from 8 to 11 Central Time. All right, keep up the good work, guys. Listener comments are always welcome, so give us a call on that feedback line, 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and form. No, no, Jennifer. Boy, things are really messed up tonight. She's coming out early. She's, yeah, she's, she's, very, she's anxious to get going here. But you she's she's listening to you. No, she's she, going back to the old days when all the features are all played together right. and you know all that. Yeah. No, I agree anyway. with I agree with John though that that called in. I I also listened to KAY a lot as a kid growing up, both in the seventies oh, yeah. and the eighties. So I mean, in the seventies I was in Mississippi, and you know I got it from a different direction. Then in the eighties I lived up here in Iowa, and I got it from a totally different direction. So yeah. I could listen yeah. to KAY both in both states, but I, I listen to that a lot. As I said last week, it was one of those stations that I got to enjoy when I was traveling across the United States, and I was down in I think it was Amarillo, Texas, and got to hear them at night. So, definitely very interesting. Jay, I'm going to unmute you here, and uh, I, w- I thought maybe we could talk about... Um, let's see. I'm trying to unmute you. Gentlemen? Yeah, go ahead. There he is. It takes all right, first, got, first of all, get, uh, get, get him into all of you, first of all. Can you guys hear me? We hear you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Just yeah. talk, Jamie. Right. You don't have to ask well, us that. We hear um, you. Okay. Well, um, as of this morning, I am sad to report that longtime country radio icon Bob Kingsley went home today, went past with today at the age of 80 after, after undergoing bladder cancer treatment. And... Um, and now, unfortunately, we don't know. I, we, we don't know what the state of his show is going to be. Whether or not they'll use it in a different host, or what they're going to do with it. But right now, they're, they're using guest hosts until I guess the new host is named. That's well, what I'm. But, well, all right, but was Bob Kingsley always the host of that show? Is, is that no, uh, no, 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 he was not always the host. Show. No, he was what? not the creator or the, the – it was really created through Casey Kasem's company with Casey right. Kasem and Don Bastani when they created country – when they created American Top 40, he created the Country Countdown show. Bob Kingsley originally started with the show as a producer, not a contributor or an announcer for the Bowman. show. It was Don. hosted by Don Bowman, and then oh, yeah. in 1978 is when uh, is when uh, uh, Bob Kingsley took over the pro- programming you know, the uh, that show. He stayed with that until 2005, and then he did his own show as well. Yeah. So, and how similar. long? When did the Country Countdown actually start? What year? 1974. 1974. Yeah. Okay, but that took, it's funny that it took that long because American Top 40 really took off in, in 70 when it came on. There were so many stations with country format, you would have thought even by the next year they would have had that going. Yeah, but, yeah, for, yeah, for real. Now, his Christmas special started, the Christmas in America that he, that he used to do, started back in 1981. His, uh, his, and his he also, Christmas special. Well, and they, ran, also, the, they he, ran the Christmas special that he has. They ran that here locally last year so those are still running yes they are and he also did some of the automated the voiceovers on some of the automated tapes for some of the country stations back in the late 70s and 80s actually he did because i got ktpi in yuma on a sporadic e-opening in the 70s and he was doing that and he did it for kwed seguin texas and some others and it's very interesting he took kind of a similar pattern to what K 
Casey Kasem, the creator of American Top 40, did. He did American Country Countdown, and then he said, you know what? I'm going off and starting my own countdown, Country Top 40. And, of course, they replaced him with Kick Brooks. But most also, people... Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. Just, just, like, just like how when Casey Kasem left and created Casey's Top 40, most of the affiliates went with Bob Kingsley rather than staying with American Country Countdown, kind of similar. You know, the other thing about Bob Kingsley, there are two things. He he, uh, worked at KGBS from 1961, that's out in Los Angeles, to 1969. And he was the voice of of the Drake Chenault automated country format called Great American Country. So if you heard that format, you hear him say, that was Bob, that was uh, Jeannie C. Raleigh with with Harper Valley PTA. and, And he was one of the people who voice tracked that particular format. And he had just recently taken a leave of absence. It wasn't that long ago. So, I mean, he had it. He was diagnosed really quick, or maybe he just didn't announce it. And yeah. Tried to fight that that through it. can happen. Cancer can move pretty quickly. It can. Oh, yeah, it, it can. can. <laughs> and it was my dad. What, what, what amazes me is, and, 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 and I, was talking to some, I was talking to a few uh, uh, people I know who, who work at uh, – Bob Kingsley's affiliate in Lakeland, Florida, WPCV, and they said they don't know what they're going to do. They're talk, they're, 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 you know, because the, there's a lot of country countdown shows that stations can air nowadays. I mean, it's not. I mean, more stations now are switching from Bob Kingsley to Bobby Bones, or from Bob Kingsley to. Uh, Lon Helton's uh, Country Countdown USA or Crook and Chase. There's there's different things you can do. Um, so many stations. So if if Westwind says we're gonna we're gonna drop we're gonna end Bob's show or, or NCT40, so stations are gonna have to scramble to find replacement programming, right? Just an editorial opinion, though. Uh, if it's Bobby Bones, I do not like him very no. well. So uh, oh, yeah, there's not many stations that aren't iHeart owned stations that run. He's mostly only on iHeart stations. <clears throat> Bobby Bones's countdown is. Yeah. And his countdown is terrible. It is. I'm not. I'm. I generally don't like his morning show that well either. So. Well, no, neither one. No, his show. He's not the. He lucked into. But that's just an editorial opinion. I agree. I think that. I agree. But I think that Bob Kingsley was very good at what he did. He was. And I think yeah. that he certainly will be remembered for doing that. And well, you know what can I say? But I think it's time for uh, now. Now I think Jennifer's in the now room. the impatient yeah. Jennifer can be heard. Jennifer can be heard. She's been gone all week. We've had a little trouble with our um, spots tonight, so we'll see if we get a spot. We've tried two times, and the spots have really taken a break. So we'll see if that comes about, and then we'll do Jennifer's. Jennifer's. <laughs> Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. 
two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit twomin2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The Storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of October 16th. KHHT 98.9, Mettler, California, changes format from silent to classic hip-hop and adds slogan, old school 98.9. KIHT 104.7, M-Boy, California, changes format from silent to classic hip-hop and adds slogan, old school 104.7. KRCW 96.3, Royal City, Washington, changes slogan from Radio Campesina to La Maquina. WBLO 790 Thomasville, North Carolina changes slogan from Latina to Musica 102.3 to Latina 106.9 WGSP FM 102.3 Pageland, South Carolina changes slogan from Latina to Musica 102.3 to Latina 102.3 WJXR 92.1 McLenny, Florida changes slogan from Latina 980 to Latina 92.1 WLZZ 104.5 Montpelier, Ohio changes format from classic rock to country and adds network provider local radio network superstar country and changes slogan from Z104 to Superstar Country Z104 WNNR 970 Jacksonville, Florida Changes slogan from Latina 970 to Latina 92.1 WTHD 105.5 LaGrange, Indiana Changes network provider From Westwood 1 Mainstream Country To local radio networks Mainstream Country the following station has signed off the air. K-O-U-W 102.9 Island Park, Idaho. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week. For All Things Radio, I'm Jennifer Sparks, wishing all of you a good week. Oh, there she goes. She got her chance. That that Boy, well, there weren't yeah. many of them. Short, sweet, and to the point this week. Yeah, yeah. Really. Next week will probably be like... 
Three or four times as many. But oh, you, guys, yeah. you guys who listen to the podcast didn't even notice the music bed I had underneath, did you? No, what was that? It was the original music bed that we used to use for Market Scope. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, the I one thought, that has you, has been on in the past was that Live Together by Tim Thomas, I think, that, that you used to use. I remember right, that. Right. That was one I worked yeah. up. I, I, I made that into a 20-minute loop by, by editing that thing. That was a while ago, and yeah. I, I enjoyed doing that. That was kind of fun playing around with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. No major, major, major changes in the no. format this no, week. No, nothing. That, you know what dawned on me, and I, I've never gotten an answer to this question. I don't know if anybody here even has the answer. The, the number of Hispanics in a, in the country varies. You know, there's a lot more in the, the southwest. There's plenty in the northeast and so forth. But you get to these small towns like in South Carolina or something, and they're running these Spanish formats. Is, is anybody really listening to them? Yes, on the because stations? you know why? Yes, they, they, they are, they, because there's some agricultural workers. That work yes, out. there's a lot of factory okay. workers and agricultural workers up there and, as well. Meatpackers, workers, stuff like that. Okay. Yep. We got Jerry and, with a raised hand. I got him. Hold on a second. Jerry, go go ahead. I have a question about people who are Dallas-based. I don't know if any of you guys uh, have ever heard this program. We were getting in syndication from uh, 83, I think, through 86, a program called An American Christmas with Alex Burton. Uh, What's he doing now? Alex Burton, I actually have met him when I worked at the reading service in Dallas. And in those days, he worked for KRLD. He, he did a commentary for them. And then he went across to BAP. And he died, I think, about 20 years ago, I think. Okay. And he, he was a real nice, he also guy. Did a com- a nice guy. And he did a commentary also for the statewide for TSN. And then oh, yeah, he was he the, original, the original <clears throat> host of Texas USA. And then they had Texas Overnight, which Charlie Jones took go- ran. And yeah, he... But yeah, he seemed like a really nice guy. Just yeah, he was. Uh, he remembered me. I met him twice, and he remembered me. Uh, yeah. which, Carol uh, B yeah. was the flagship of TSN. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I didn't know he was on there, but I didn't ever. I didn't have a TSN affiliate that near. So you know, me. But he, Alex, Alex Burton, was a a real nice guy. I forgot about him going to be. How about that, Jerry? You actually got an answer to your question. How about that? That's pretty good. That's right. Now, Mike, you had your hand raised. Let me get to you as well. Hold on. Everything keeps moving around on the screen here. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I, I think the situation, a lot of the the jocks today that do syndication radio, like Casey Kaysen and Bob Kingsley, had a thing where they would play the old stuff, too. And yet most of the people that do such as um, AT40, different programs, they don't play any of the, they don't go way back or do, do well, what. Their audience, their audience what, wasn't born then. Yeah, their audience yeah. isn't going to know these songs from the 70s or 80s because they weren't alive until maybe the 90s. So, yeah, I mean, he used to answer what, history questions. Casey Kasem used to answer history questions, and it might have been something from 19, what's the all-time, what's the fastest rising number one song? It might have been White Christmas. And they'd answer that question in the 70s, you know, but now they wouldn't even uh, answer a question like that. As a matter of fact, do you remember what? Bob, that's part of why Bob Kingsley yeah. hasn't left, because he won, on his current countdown that he was doing up till his death, he had total creative control to do archive stuff, even from, I mean, even as, you know, over the years, he had, and where American Country Channel was kind of cracking down on him, and he's like, look, I'm doing my own thing. Casey did it 20 years earlier, so. Yeah. So much. Good, good. 
That's a good question. That's a good question, Mike, because it, it, uh, I know you love the old stuff, and unfortunately, you know, but people, but people born twenty years ago aren't going to aren't going to really care about stuff that was done in nineteen sixty. I mean, that's that we are in no, age of society, and that's a, that's well, part of some. Some do, you know. It's interesting because a small group, but maybe ten percent. There's I people really, that are, some of the biggest Beatles fans are like thirty years old. You know, they just love the Beatles, so. I am really surprised that no, that they haven't tried to take some of the old American country countdowns and run them the way they do with some of the classic yeah. American top forty. I was thinking the, about that. That I heard or somebody country could, stations or somebody hadn't. Yeah, tried to do put, that. put them on. You know, put it on the internet like uh, we have the classic American top forty uh, that I heard runs. Yeah. And I just don't think countdowns today are nearly as good as they used to be because no, they're not. Yeah, they're that's certainly true. Pamela, the host, Pamela the Francis, are not go, as good or anything. Go ahead, Pam. You had your hand raised. Yes, I did, and thank you very much for allowing me to speak. I'm personally not a countdown person, especially for, especially of the countdowns that that are on these days. But I think. We were talking about the older older stuff. I think this is where internet radio has its niche. We on the legend can play this kind of stuff and allow people to to relive this kind of stuff that the, the terrestrial radio won't play. I'm also yes. curious, Jeff, if you can get a an air check of any kind from anything from Sirius XM that would have to do with Bill Max Sunday Social. I will look on YouTube and some of the places I find for it. I don't normally. That's some. That's always a little bit hard to find. I do have a Bill Mac air check. It's not the best quality, but it was from 1956, I believe, and he was working at KWFT in, uh, I believe it is in Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm-hmm. Where I, I yeah, got that's there. where it was. Yes, they, they were 6:20 a.m. Yeah, and I, 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 can, I, I definitely can tell you that I have that. And I will try to find some Bill Mack for you, Pam. I don't know if I can get the one from Sirius, but I, would, I definitely have an old air check of him, of him doing something. I, from that. I would, would be would, most would, grateful. Well, how much is it worth to you? <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to make her that. make dinner, too? Jeez. Yes, you can make oh. me dinner, too. I'm sorry, Pam. I'm just kidding around with you. That's all right. I appreciate all right. it, Pam. Thank you much. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Uh, got one more yeah, raised no hand, it looks like. Uh, Jeff, can you no. see that raised hand? Maybe we don't. There's a guy, there's a, okay, there is someone, but I don't know his name, but a person hasn't. It, it's just, um, hold on. It's I, iPhone. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, I was. You guys were talking about the. Well, hold on. Who, who, have I told, who are you? Oh, this is Walter, actually. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Normally, you have a label you know, on your Walter monitor, so this. Yeah, very yeah good. I know. I'm using. Uh, I just got a new iPhone, and I uh, haven't gotten around to getting everything set right on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, you guys were talking about the Bob Kingsley thing, and uh, I think one of our stations around here, Carrie, he, he does have a, uh, a, a, a classic countdown. But I think it mostly deals with the like the nineties and early in 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 two thousands. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Ah, very good, Walter. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Cool. All right. One more, well, Jeff, and then I we'll believe so. Through. I'm trying to get to it, Bill. It's kind of dicey right now. 
Uh, go ahead. Is that you, Bill? Let's try to raise your hands. Yeah. Can you hear me? Quickly, Bill. We got. Hey. We got. We got. Okay. Go. Real, real, real quick. You guys are talking all about the old shows are on. Well, I outdate you people as much. I still like the '40s and '50s music. Bill knows that. Oh yeah. I'm 80 too. years old, so I'm go way back. You know, I mean. You guys are just kids, according to me. Oh, come on. I love the 50s music. <laughs> and and the 40s. I like some 40s, too. Right. Okay. But I'll be 70 just, pretty soon, so there get, you go. I just had oh. to get that in there. Oh, but, but, no, but, you're, right, you're right right with you, Bill. I was going to say, okay. since you like the older music, but but uh, and you're from Chicago, of course, did you listen to WJJD when they were a country station? Oh, sure. I listened to that way back in the 50s when it was Randy Blake Rock and the Fester and Frolic. I know they were oh, yeah. a rock station as a matter of forties, right? As a matter then, of fact, then it went then then from JJD went then to um, oh I forget what they called it now when they when they got rid of the um, Randy Blake and that stuff they switched over and they were playing mainly all oh, the smooth uh, the smooth forties and fifties music like McGuire Sisters, the Andrews Sisters, oh music of your life, uh, kind the of big stuff, the big yeah. band stuff, all that kind of stuff for a long yeah. time. And then they yeah. sold it. Now it's a religious station. Right. They, they, it's not even the same call letters anymore. I forget uh, the call letters yeah. now. Of, of course, at that time, in the 50s and the early 60s, they were owned by a company called Plow Incorporated, which is owned by WCLP in Boston. Yeah, um, right. And, and they had announcers. Some of the announcers were fairly famous. Uh, Jack Spector worked at WJJD. He came to the, went to WMCA after going, being in Chicago. Uh, yep, right when you had Sam, Randy Blake was on for years with the supper time product and, and Sam Hale, Sam Hale was another radio announcer worked at WJJD who ultimately went to went from Milwaukee to Chicago and then went to Atlanta and uh, they kind of worked all over the place so uh, it what, did was, J, what did JJD stand for Jeff you know I don't know John J Davis he was the owner and oh. his transmitter is oh. out in um, oh sort of northern Illinois but when he put the radio station up, he looked for the highest point in the state of Illinois and put his antenna on a on a plot of land out there. Then, yeah, uh, and of course good. they had the that thing time. that they shared the frequency with KSL, and they would sign right. off. Uh, what time do they sign off? Uh, let's Salt say Lake this City time of year. Sundown. Yeah, they Salt signed Lake off City at, at Salt Lake City sundown. That's why they were able to stay yeah. on as late as they right. Could. So they'd stay right. on a little bit, a couple hours, you know, because it's two hours difference or whatever. Well, no, one hour difference. <laughs> one so, hour. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. now, Bill remembers WHAJ because Bill and I talked about this once. And do you remember this, Bill Sparks? Uh, I said his name was Sam Scott, but I think it was Stan Scott. Stan the guy Scott, was yeah, working in Indianapolis and WJJD. Yes. And, right. and also, I, I believe, I, I, I remember hearing an interview with this guy, Dale Summers, the guy that you did the trucking thing, the trucking bozo on yeah. WLW. Oh, yeah. He also, he also right. worked at WJJD at one time. And he worked right. in Indianapolis, and, too. And WJJD was able to stay until 10 o'clock because oh. in June. Oh, what was that, what was that Bill? You were breaking up just a little bit. Go oh. ahead. Try it again, Bill. You were breaking Sorry, up Bill. a little. Oh, I was just going to say he also worked in Indianapolis. Oh, I didn't know that. But uh, and then he, when he finished his career, he was at Sirius XM. Dale Summers was. That's oh, yeah, correct. That's and it, doesn't his son still work in radio? If I'm, I'm not sure because I don't. I don't really listen to the trucking shows at night. I ended up. Uh, I ended up listening to all news at night. I think his son does the show. I think on WLW, I believe uh, whatever America's Trucking Network or America's Radio, whatever they call it now. I, I can't pick WLW anymore. So well, WLW is not as good. The trucking show I picked it up one evening. It's not as good as it used to be. Because I listened to oh. it one night here. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. Yeah. Jeff muted me again. Oh, okay. Jeff, uh, we're going, just because right. of that, we're going to go way back in time. There we we're go. go. We're going to take I think a, it's time for our next feature, Bill. 
Well, you may Pardon? have me muted again. Okay. okay. I think you got, yeah, yeah, you got Bill in Chicago back. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys continue on with your show. I'll just sit here and listen. Well, thanks, thanks a lot, okay. Bill. I'll probably hang up, but I'll call back everything I can think of. All right. Yeah, but I don't need to listen to air checks on the phone. Okay, thanks. <laughs> well, I get you. I think I Jeff you. may have me muted. Very well. Jeff is muting me. And where where do Bill and Jeff go? Uh, well, we will have a good feature coming we'll, up. We'll, sure. We'll, yeah, something's gonna. There will be something on here soon that you're gonna. <laughs> there be will be something in. on. <laughs> we're here. We can all go ahead. Here we go. Okay. Jeff has me muted. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to enjoy it, too, whatever it's going to be. It's probably really good. Whatever it's going to be, I'm sure it's really good. Very okay, hold on a second. Here. Very pleased. Here. Hold on, guys. There we are. And 22 degrees in our beautiful city on the harbor. 2 CH. It's right on half past three at 2 TV. We are ad-libbing until the technology comes back. Yeah, well, we, we don't know which who's on the air and who isn't, because they may be on the air and we aren't. Here. Here. Like, Go ahead, Bill. Can you hear me? I got you, Jeff. I'm okay, got the future. It's Toby Old Sydney. We'll leave morning talk about for the day. It'll return tomorrow at 10 o'clock. You're listening to 2SER 107.5. That's the sound of the 80s, which may be heard on Australian radio today. Radio wasn't really invented. It grew from a confluence of thoughts from great minds. To Guglielma, Marconi, the Italian physicist, however, must go the principal credit for channeling accumulated wisdoms into the practical use of wireless telegraphy. Marconi's first efforts of sending a signal across space were on a very modest scale indeed. In 1895, he managed to fly it across the garden of his father's home in Pontecchio. Two years later, Marconi had the distance up to two miles. By 1901, he spanned the Atlantic with a signal. The message was short and to the point. It was the letter S. But the impressive thing was he got it there from 1,800 miles away. The following year, from 2,100 miles off, Marconi received wireless messages at sea. Just for in your knowledge, Jeff, we are not hearing the first hearing ocean the feature. newspaper based on intelligence I'm, I am hearing on wireless it. I'm on my stereo on companion. You're not hearing the feature. Not at all, because it's not being pumped out to the Australian media, but it's being broadcast. Mr. H. Genvey, an electrical engineer with the post office in Victoria, okay. established contact with the Duke of York's escort ship during so the Royal Visit from 1901. The recognition of the importance of the new medium in Australia came about in 1905 with the Wireless Telegraphy Act, which established federal control of communication by wireless for navigational purposes and a few land-based experimenters. One of the first few hams in wireless telephony was Mr. C.P. Bartholomew, who in 1906 built an experimental station at Mossman, New South Wales. By 1907, the Atlantic was alive with radio telegrams between England and Canada. A year later, Paris was to hear a broadcast from the Eiffel Tower, and the following year, Enrico Caruso's voice went out from the Metropolitan Opera House in New York. Armed with patents from Marconi and Telefunken, the Englishman Ernest Fisk arrived in 1910 to become the foremost pioneer of radio in Australia and later became managing director of AWA, Amalgamated Wireless Australia Limited. 
David Sarnoff, one of the great names in broadcasting history, in 1916 put a plan to the Marconi Wireless Telegraph Company, which employed him as an engineer for the manufacture of a radio music box. The next few years, many hams seeded the air with regular and irregular sound, mostly music, but punctuated by impromptu performances from their friends and neighbours. By 1920, music in the air was an accepted phenomenon. United States by 1922, 560 stations had received licenses to operate, while in England and on the continent, broadcasting was emerging from the realm of amateurs. One of the first broadcast concerts was staged at Hampstead Garden Fate. Prior to the start of the program, there was a long piercing blast from an organ to help listeners to adjust to their sets properly. British Broadcasting Company, which later changed to the British Broadcasting Corporation, was charged by the government to develop the system as a monopoly with a high degree of autonomy. Before we start the story of Australia's first regular service, a brief look at some of the early experimental broadcasts in this country. Wireless transmissions began about 1910. World War I saw a virtual radio silence. Then among the early post-war radio hams was Charles McClurkin of the Sydney suburb of Strathfield. Although it would appear officially he was not supposed to transmit regular music and entertainment, he managed to send out two hours of gramophone music each Sunday from his backroom station, 2CM. 2JR, which stood for Joe Reed, an AWA engineer, was also early on the scene. AWA established the Marconi School of Wireless in 1913 and went on to train quite a few early enthusiasts whose names were to be associated with the history of radio in Australia. In the early 20s, station 3DP in Hawthorne and station 3SWQ were on the air. Other hams included Mr. Maxwell Howden of 3QB, W.E. Coxon of 6AG Perth and Jack Davis of 2DS4 Clues. AWA conducted radio telephony experiments and on the 13th of August 1919 came on air with a musical program transmitted from its Clarence Street offices in Sydney to an audience several blocks away in the Hall of the Royal Society in Elizabeth Street. Then AWA launched a series of wireless concerts for Melbourne experimenters. They were so well received that a similar service was organised in Sydney. In May, an advanced demonstration of broadcasting was arranged for the enlightenment of the Victorian Division of the Wireless Institute of Australia. The Argus newspaper described it thus. A concert program consisting of gramophone selections, a song, a recitation from Shakespeare and a speech were transmitted from the Institute's headquarters in Little Collins Street by Mr. Lionel Hook and reproduced at Peran by a seven-stage amplifier. That is, the sound was rendered progressively louder by seven different valves. The reproduction was further augmented by a loudspeaking device which made the sound audible through the building. Excitement mounted on the 31st of March, 1922. The first live broadcast came from the stage of Her Majesty's Theatre in Sydney. The following morning, under the headline Music Through Space, the Argus reported, Members of the theatrical profession experienced a new delight. Mr. Yarkas Bivakovsky, the Russian pianist, who contributed two pieces to the novel entertainment, 
said that it was beautiful to realize he was playing to an audience scattered over a range of 400 miles. Early in the 20s, AWA reached an agreement with the Commonwealth Government to develop and manufacture wireless sets, as well as erect wireless stations and produce wireless services. At a meeting of interested parties, AWA proposed to the Postmaster General the introduction of what was to become known as the sealed set system. The Commonwealth Government in 1923 agreed to AWA's broadcast plan based on the sealed set. This allowed listeners on payment of a subscription to a private broadcasting company and a license fee to the Treasury to tune into broadcast entertainment to be provided in four capital cities. The wireless sets were locked to the frequency of a particular station or stations so that you could only listen to the station you paid for. The government charged a license fee of 10 shillings for one station and one pound for two or more. On top of this, each station charged its own fee, varying from 10 shillings to three guineas. Sealed set stations were expected to cover their costs by subscriptions. Direct announcements and selling of wares were not encouraged. signs, still used but now under ABC control, came from the initials of the names of the earlier operating companies. Many later stations were similarly identified by company, personal or geographical initials. The first radio station on air was 2SB, later 2BL. The big day was the 23rd of November 1923. From a studio set up in the Old Smiths Weekly building in Phillips Street came the nervous but tuneful voices of the St Andrews Quartet. Twelve days later, 2FC came on air, although it was not officially opened until the 10th of January 1924. Even in those days, there was a radio journal which recorded... Through courtesy of J.C. Williamson's Limited and Messrs. J.N. Tate, the program took the form of a complete transmission of the Southern Maid, the musical comedy then playing at Her Majesty's Theatre. As the transmission of the play by wireless was effected, it constituted an Australian record and a distinct triumph for Australian wireless engineers. Reports from all parts of New South Wales showed that the program was easily heard, and many expressed themselves charmed and delighted with the musical fare provided. Just before the curtain went up, the announcer gave a general call which was followed by a melodious peal of chimes rung on tubular bells. This was to give listeners in a chance to tune accurately. 2FC was simply stationed 2FC Sydney, Farmers Broadcasting Service. Farmers, the department store now in by Meyer, although a commercial enterprise, would not permit any form of sordid commercial exploitation. The station had a direct line to the now defunct newspaper, The Evening News. Afternoon player piano sessions on the Beale Player Piano were frequently interrupted by race results and news flashes, shades of things to come. 2FC originally had a variety of entertainment, reading from Dickens and assorted poets, stock exchange reports, wool prices and weather, and of course music were the substance of daily entertainment. Market reports were supplied by the stock and station agents Dalgetty and Company Limited. Australians are used to educational broadcasting, but it was not until October 1924 that the first school broadcast in Australia took place, when 13 schools listened to a series of broadcasts by 2FC. But it was only after the establishment of the ABC that school broadcasts began to take off on a national scale. There were often long gaps between the various program segments, sometimes of two or three minutes duration. To fill in loose time, listeners were forced to listen to the ticking of a solemn metronome. FC closed every night with That's My Mammy.
1924, we see the first significant change in radio. New government regulations were to establish two categories for broadcasting. A-class stations financed, in theory, entirely by licence fees from listeners, and B-class stations dependent on selling advertising time. But the government, which was still not all that interested in the medium, was to blur the lines of distinction by permitting the A-class stations to accept restricted advertising, a total of one hour in each 12 hours of broadcasting time. Few A-stations took advantage of this, however. The four original sealed set stations had their licences renewed for five years. 2FC and 2SB were later amalgamated under new management, the New South Wales Broadcasting Company, holder of both Sydney licences until July 1929. First of the B-class stations on the air was the now-defunct 2BE Sydney, under licence to the Bergen Electric Company. It started on November the 7th, 1924, and ceased operation in November 1929. The oldest extant commercial broadcaster is 2UE, which commenced on the 26th of January 1925, followed by 2HD Newcastle and 2UW and 5DN Adelaide. In March, Melbourne's first commercial, 3UZ, took the air. August saw 4GR Toowoomba on the air, and the first labour station, 2KY Sydney, commenced in October. 2UE fittingly made its first broadcast on Australia Day 1925 from the living room of the Maroubra home of Mr C.V. Stevenson, licensee and early experimenter. The program, mostly recorded music, went on for two hours from 8pm. A spring-loaded gramophone was wound up, the microphone placed near the mouth of the horn-type amplifier, and the show was on its way. Background noises and all. 2UE stood originally for Electrical Utilities, a business run by the father of commercial radio, Pa Stevenson. 2EU was thought to sound too much like a bird call, and the letters were reversed. As veteran radio man, former 2KA station manager, and past president of the Federation of Australian Radio Broadcasters, Alf Patterson describes. A man called C.V. Stevenson, who was who owned, who owned a shop in George Street, which was called Electric Utilities, and he sold radio sets and and right and, and electrical wear, and he entered into the first advertising contract in radio. He entered into it with. The owner of a butcher shop in George Street, Harry Wolf, and was to sell for his pork sausages. That was the first advertisement that went on on radio. The cost for future advertisements was one shilling per an announcement. AWA advertised to the Australian public and claimed... Our radiologists combine perfect tonal quality with a wonderful selectivity that never ceases to interest and delight. Two different four-valve sets in handsome cabinets are offered at 56 pounds, 10 and 68 pounds respectively. Our crystal set with a range of 12 miles is priced at 6 pounds. Other companies offered... Detailed instructions of how a receiving crystal set could be made for 7 and 6. Cafes around town were installing sets to entertain their customers. Tea and wireless is quite the thing these days, reported the listener in. Each week, more shops are parading the notice wireless music supplied gruff. The back is gossiping ghosts and they're followed over on the inside by uh, Dark Spot. Back behind them, Cara Boy, followed by Noble Roo, Zama Lad, then Big Zam at last of all. Along the pack is Vi
Well-known race caller Ian Craig. We've come a long way. The first official racing broadcasts appear to have been in March 1925, a tryout of the St Kilda Cup and steeplechase in Melbourne. Fred Tupper, then with 3AW, recalls that when he first went to England and called the English Derby for the BBC, the worthies of that noble institution couldn't believe their ears when they heard him at work. Britain's favourite race caller in those days didn't even look at the race. He wore a microphone that picked up his voice only. But into his ear went the whispers of a well-known racing writer. The commentator merely looked straight ahead and repeated what he had been told, slowly and deliberately. In America too, Australians were to baffle their colleagues, who by and large merely gave the numbers of the horses and only the leading three or four at that, every two furlongs or so. No names, no run-through of the field, just the monotonous flow. At the four, it's number six, number ten, number thirteen, and the rest of the field is way out of the... Nevertheless, early Australian race callers had quite a running battle with race organisers who tried repeatedly to prevent the broadcasting of races, from building high fences to stop the radio men from seeing the race to changing the colours of the horse before the races started. The prancing speeds and gathers out on the starting place. One handsome lad in green was clad mid a grand and thrilling race. 2GB, racing to supply a broadcasting service, began transmission in August 1926 from a house in Clifton Gardens, Sydney. Financially, 2GB was setting a hot pace for the other stations around the country. Revenue averaged £70 a week in its first year. In the financial stakes, it was not the same for all. In fact, the B stations were not finding the going easy, and the listener in gave this report mid-year. The conducting of a radio broadcasting station by the ordinary means of advertising has, except for a few isolated cases, failed. Unless they had, say, a tax on each valve and crystal bought by the consumer for reset, they have no future. Advertising started to build slowly, but slowly was the operative word. Early commercial operators had little idea of how to sell their product. Business, nevertheless, started to come to them. the A-Station 2FC had it all together. It had its own studio dance band. By 1927, the band had brought out this song, You've Got to Black Shuffle, and here's the original recording.
listened to in the 1920s on their sealed sets. A sampling of A-class programs in the various states shows that in the morning, usually at 9 o'clock, there were time signals, movement of interstate trains and ships, mail and weather, general information of use to shoppers, news and pointers to later programming. Then the stations were likely to close down till midday when there was more news, music or market reports. Early evening saw the children's corner and bedtime stories. At 8pm, a concert from the studio was regular fare. In between came talks and play readings. The first play was broadcast by 3LO on March the 21st, 1925. It was produced by Mr. Stanley Brooks and specially written by Mr. J.H. Booth. It was called The Barbarous Barber, a sort of Sweeney Todd who, after shaving his customers, touched a secret spring in the chair which tipped them into a padded cell under the floor. In mid-1928, the government decided to establish a national broadcasting service with A stations owned and operated by the government, but with the programs provided by independent contractors. Thus, between July 1929 and December 1930, the government took over six stations. Existing B-class stations continued as before, and any new licenses were decided upon by the Postmaster General. By 1929, 310,000 homes had receivers. Radio had really arrived, and enthusiastic country listener wrote why it is wonderful a continuous and most varied entertainment carol singing cathedral bells church services choir singing concerts cricket scores and racing results are ours for the taking at a dance recently the entire musical program was provided by 3lo the dancing being done at the playing of caroline's orchestra the only disgruntled person was the old concertina player who had officiated this gathering for years he had to give way to the wireless <laughs> Spark and Mr. Alan Thomas, author of Broadcast and Be Damned, for permission to use their works. Also, many thanks to the sound archives at the Australian National Library in Canberra, as well as Barry and Wendy Donnelly, John Davies and Michael Somerville for their voices, and Robert Archer for his help on the production work. This is Timothy Bottoms, and I hope you've enjoyed the program. Now I feel a little better and so on.
We are back, I do believe. Okay. We Good night, mateys. Well, there's, yeah, there's, there's enough old three. music for Bill, for, for uh, Bill in Chicago and me right there. A lot of I, I would say that three was, of those stations uh, still exist, 2UE, 2GB, and 3AW. You can hear on your uh, on your device. streams or uh, Miss A, I guess we'll do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. And for those that are younger listeners or maybe you don't know, the two, the numbers are basically the same as our K or W is just, then the number is based on what Australian state you're in. But yeah, you can't believe how on. big Australia is. It's, 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 it's a huge, huge country. It's a continent, yeah. It's a continent, yeah. and it's, it is huge. I think there's six states, oh. I believe, but it's a, they're huge states. Go ahead, Bill. No, I'm not saying anything. I was just saying... It, it was just something different. We we've, we've got yeah. some several Australian listeners now. And, um, well, it's so interesting to- that the government established the national networks, whereas here, government didn't even think about that. It was Bill Paley for CBS and uh, David Sarnoff for NBC, and they got them going in '26 for NBC and '27 for you know uh, CBS. So it's kind of funny how that works out, and just the different mindsets. And they wouldn't do commercials. You know, they, everybody's loath to do commercials over there. And here, they do them now. They, they sure, well, here, yeah, I'm sure they do them now. But the, here, the commercials right away, I think they said that the first commercials, uh, there's a claim. And there's many claims about a lot of things, that the first commercial radio station was WBZ. You know, that before that, they'd been without commercials. But they were the ones that under that cool. Group W, or I mean, Westinghouse, decided they were going to go commercial on, on that station. So. And in there, the Class B license one were commercials. That was what they said in 1924, and they had some that were Class B, but even right. Class A. Yeah. Well, it's it's different. Australian radio, it's it's kind of a throwback in a lot of ways to what we had in the past. So listen. I was, you know, it's, it, we, we'll probably do maybe a few, maybe Jeff will find or we'll find some, some current Australian radio stations and see... <laughs> How they sound compared to what we're doing over here. If you listen to the commercial radio in Australia, because I do occasionally listen to it. I do too, It's it's much like the radio stations we have here. There's not much difference. Although ABC, which is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, which is is, uh, really state-owned, a government-owned, they they're more like the BBC on many of their in many of their programming. They have a classical service, they have an all news service, and they have a number of different services. So they're they're pretty much like the BBC in many respects. True, true, true. Well, I guess we're looking. I think it'd be at, nice to get a history sometime of Canada and uh, you know when uh, down the road of uh, Great Britain if there's one out there yeah. and Canada. You know the early broadcasting good. in those countries. I think those would be good. Good idea, Chris. Well, I think maybe it's time we better uh, speed along here and get Jeff CKLW. We're going to try to run a promo again. Promos have not been working tonight. I think they're Speaking going on str- strike. Can I make a comment, Bill? Yes. This is Bill in Chicago. Can I make Bill a comment Chicago, for you? Yeah. Go ahead. It was a great, that was a great segment, and it brought like a lot of memories to me when he was describing some of that older stuff. 
My grandfather had a cylinder player till the kids we wore it out as grandkids. He also had a gramophone with a big speaker on the front, like you'd see. And then when I was a kid, we had a wind-up Victrola that you would crank the thing up. And I still had the 78 records. I probably got 100 records that date back to the 20s. Wow. We still have my great-grandma's Victrola. Uh, my aunt, my cousin does, still has one of my, my great-grandma's old Victrola. You know, ours, ours finally wore out. We, you know, the kids wore the thing out. But I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I have well, Hold on records. to those records, Bill, because they even even if they're not o- overly valuable, they're valuable intrinsically to you, and they have sentimental value. Right. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, they're, they're you know, like 100 of them I got. I got Good. all the way back. Good stuff. Well, we'll see what part two is like next week. Let's see what the CKLW does. Maybe we'll do a spot, and maybe we won't. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky. Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad This week, how about a trip back in time to August 30th, 1972, where we're going to listen to radio station CKLW-AM. The radio announcer is Ted Richards, who came to CKLW after working for radio station WAPE-AM in Jacksonville, Florida. Ted Richards came to CKLW in 1972 and continued working at CKLW until it ended its Top 40 era in 1983. So without further ado, why don't sit back and enjoy the Big 8 CKLW-AM from August 30th, 1972, on this week's edition of All Things Radio. Live. Currently, it's 44 degrees at CKLW. CKLW with Al Green. You're going to be with me. That's number 11 on the brand new Top 30. It's 720 with Ted Richard. Counting them down.
flavor of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum keeps your mouth feeling fresh and clean. That's why millions of people carry a pack with them wherever they go, whatever they do. loved and cared for. 
I think a yes vote on proposal B is the only answer that makes sense. The foregoing a paid political announcement. CKLW. Getting closer to number one. It's Michael Jackson and Rat. That's number eight on the brand new top 30. It's 733. I'm Ted, I'm Ted Richard. Drug abuse is an ugly problem, and it's not going to go away. So let's face it, here and now, there are answers to the problem. There is a place to begin with facts and information. So write to this address. The National Clearinghouse for Drug Abuse Information, Post Office Box 1909, Rockville, Maryland, 20850. If enough of us start to work now, we can solve the problem of drug abuse once and for all. Take one homeless child and one childless husband and wife, bring them together, and you create a family. You helped do that hundreds of times last year because you supported the United Fund. 164 Torch Drive supported agencies keep on working when you give the United Fund. Your help is your gift when you give the United Way. Thanks to you, it can work. Context prize number 892 is a sound investment. I'll put it in your ear again next hour on the big cave. It's Joe Parker, woman to woman, number seven. It's 20 minutes before eight. This is John Belmont, CKLW 2020 News. Just doing their duty, 5th Precinct Narcs have closed down a dope pad at 4593 Belvedere on the city's east side. Officer Dan Carr telling the Big 8. Officers executed a search warrant and arrested five persons. Three of them are charged with violation of the Controlled Substance Act. The items confiscated were approximately $10,000 in suspected heroin, $5,000 in suspected cocaine, two shotguns, one carbine rifle, and one handgun. Tonight's the last chance for election candidates. Both President Nixon and George McGovern had paid a Appearances set for Network TV, and Vice Presidential Hopeful Sergeant Shriver has made one last trip to the Motor City. Still talking about that war and what will happen if the Democrats get into the White House. On the 21st of January, there will be a ceasefire in Vietnam. Regardless, there will be a ceasefire. The POWs will be on their way out. I'll be over there personally, affecting the final arrangement. It's going to cost you more to get Canadian cancer now. Imperial Tobacco of Montreal announcing a two cent per pack increase on its cigarettes effective later this month. Imperial makes Maurier and Peter Jackson. Well, it had to happen. Donny Osmond says his voice is finally changing. On a British tour with his million dollar brothers, he says his voice has fallen a full octave and he just can't hit the old high notes. Donny is almost 15. CKLW News Time 741. In sports, Jim Plunkett will start for New England in tonight's NFL battle between the Patriots and Baltimore Colts. The University of Michigan has fallen back to fifth this week in the major college bowl. Southern Cal is first, Ohio State fourth. CKLW weather just ahead of much more music and Ted Richards. Cloudy and cool tonight, low 40, some showers likely tomorrow, high 59. Mercury index 52, light air pollution. The current temperature 44 degrees. Sarnia 41, Cleveland 52, Toledo 47. This is John Belmont, 2020 News. 
five with ten rigid pants galore is the original $5 pants store selling only fresh quality nationally advertised pants. They're building their reputation on this. Pants galore, growing by the seats of their pants. Everyone who saves money on a Chevy knows a dealer who's really earnest. You can call him Ernie. Ernie Grissom Chevrolet, Gratiot and 50 Mile. The Big Eight with Lobo at number five. I'd love you to want me. Richards on CKLW from August 30th, 1972. Notice all the political advertisements that you hear. They're not much different than the political advertisements we hear today, and I enjoyed listening to the Top 30 Countdown from August of 1972. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it by email or by voicemail. For all things radio live, I'm Jeff Bennett. Well, I think we're back. 
One correction. Yep. I believe that air check was from October, not August, and I'm no, sorry about that. No, it was November it was 6th. No, no. November 6th, 1972. That was a Monday, and uh, the day before the election, they even said that that was the last. Yeah, it was, it was mislabeled, campaign. and I was really, I was in a hurry yeah. trying to get that out, so sorry about that, guys. But uh, Yeah, no, November 6th, because that was a Monday, and uh, yeah, that was interesting, and because I was wondering, they said it was 44 degrees, and I'm saying, okay, in Celsius, I think it'd be about 112 or something. You know, I don't know. That wouldn't work. <laughs> they, didn't do, they, didn't do it, they didn't do it back then, but the Celsius and, and, and that stuff. Well, they were still point. doing Fahrenheit then because they only gave the Fahrenheit at that point. I think later in the 70s, yeah, about 77, they started to do. And uh, in Canada, they sometimes just do the Celsius to figure that's who they're broadcasting to. But, well, but, um, but CKLW always, after 77, what I've heard of them, even in the 90s, when I got them one time on some skip, they were doing both temperatures. So, uh-huh. And I got to say they they did a pretty good they do a pretty good job especially with the news covering as a border the town, news covering the newscaster was the newscaster was John Belmont right he worked for ABC and he also and most recently he he still does part time work at WINS in New York and as a matter of fact I have a feature in the future hey, segment. Google I have Play a feature W-N-A-R. I have a feature in a future segment called um, the story of CKLW 2020 news which I have to find in my archives and I think you might uh-huh. find that quite interesting That'd be great and you know to hear that. and the only what thing they that- would, what was really good about the RKO news people they did it here too of course and they had at one point they had the 15 minute newscast every 3 hours or 10 or 15 minutes and it would be at the end of the shift and they put it on like if you were going to go off at 9 you did your newscast be on at 8:40 and, and then to 5 minutes at 9 they play two more songs but they used the phone. They didn't have street reporters at all. They used the phone. They got everybody on the phone, and they got, uh, like, that guy uh, talking to the hey, folks, police spokesman. You know, uh, that, that's pretty cool, the way they were able to have contacts like that, and they did that here in Boston all the time. Yes, that's true. You know, the other thing about CKLW is just the professionality of what they did. By the way, it's, it's, this is one of those things where everything goes wrong. My headphones fell apart on me, and, and uh, they're not working right. So, uh, yep. we, um, um, Jeff, we I can't mute him. I'm no longer co. I'm no longer a co-host. Well, just... it's a shame that we have people on here who just totally disregard and disrespect everything we do. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Something changed on Zoom. I cannot unmute anyone, Bill. So, so yeah, I don't we, have the control. We, we'll we'll work. We'll on work that this problem, out. Don't worry about it. You are the panelists should have a responsibility, or just people on here in general, when you're on the air. Yeah, don't call out your devices to do. Yeah, Bill. <sighs> The only thing I'm going to say before our next feature is that uh, it was one of my stations when I lived in Syracuse that we could actually get. I couldn't get them in the daytime unless it was really rare, but I, but they came in pretty strong at night. And uh, yeah. I got to talk to Teddy Richards once. Uh, he was working at uh, Jones Satellite Network and very, very nice guy to talk to. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah I, bet, a... I bet they did blow in there pretty well uh, in Syracuse because I don't, you know, yeah. I mean, what, four or five hundred miles away, maybe, if that. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I went to Toronto with uh, friends of ours. We had a radio conference we went to when I was working at the college radio station. We And we, once we left Syracuse and got going towards western New York, we, got, we could hear CHUM all the way there. So I'll turn it over to you, Bill. Yeah, um, we're going to do your last segment. In just a second here, Jeff. Okay. Um, And thank all the panelists for coming on board this week. And maybe we'll have our Zoom issues. But um, uh, listeners, there will be changes. These days, it's not uncommon to find a radio personality working for a company, working for more than one radio station. 
In the case of Jacksonville, Florida, Mark K does mornings, a radio station WAPE-FM that programs a pop CHR format, and then he moves over to WOKV-FM, which programs a news talk format. Thanks to Tim Stewart, he provided me with an air check of Mark K doing mornings at WAPE-FM and middays at WOKV-FM. And it's interesting to see how Mark K handles both a music format and a talk format. So without further ado, let's listen to the world of Mark K as heard on both Jacksonville radio stations on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. WAPE-FM and HD1, Jacksonville, a Cox Media Group station, is paying your bills. Your next chance to win $1,000 is today at 8 a.m. Ninety-five point one WAPE is the Big A Morning Mess. Uh, we've got free money coming up in one hour. I thought that I've been hurt before. I'll be needing stitches. Ninety-five point one WAPE, Jacksonville's number one hit music station, is the Big A Morning Mess. Thanks for joining us today, folks. We're a bit sorry we were sitting around talking about the weather, uh, but not like old people do. Like that's literally our job is to talk about the weather. 68 degrees, by the way, 706. Megan will tell you the complete forecast coming up here in just a minute. All right, we got we to gotta touch on something that's really, I mean, this is something that happens here and nobody else really understands it, but there's all kinds of byproducts from it too. And it is, of course, uh, Minshew mania. Minshew mania. Where are which, you going with this? <laughs> Sorry, it was a big lead up to what we were talking about. Yeah. So I gonna, got confused for a second. No, okay. no, just, just stick so, with yeah, me. So yeah, Minshew mania. Minshew mania, it's everywhere. In fact, yesterday, there's this uh, place down at the at Jack's Beach called Sports Manias. And oh Minshew, my God, I was running yesterday. Yes. And I saw all these people and kids and footballs and like, and I'm like, what is going on over here? And I was just jogging. Yeah. And Gardner Minshew was right there. At Sports Mania. I should have like went up to him. Well, like, well, I looked really ugly. I was like all sweaty and not cute. Tickets sold out also like four days ago. And uh, it was, was crazy. tickets? It wasn't yeah. just like a mean greet? Well, so get this. So my wife has like major Minshew mania. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm ordering a shirt because we're going to the game. So she goes on Sports Manias on Monday and orders the Minshew Magic shirt. Yeah. And then we get a phone call yesterday from a guy that works there. And he goes, hey, uh, Miss Kay, listen, I was going to send you your Minshew Magic shirt, but we sold out. So I'm sending you the Minshew Mustache shirt instead. Uh, let me know if that's okay. So then my wife's freaking out going, I don't want the Minshew Mustache. I want the Minshew Magic. So I go, give me the phone. And I call the guy. I'm like, hey, my name's Mark. And my wife ordered this shirt. And he goes, are you Mark K? And I go, yeah. He goes, oh, our kids go to school together. So then I couldn't get angry. But he's like, yeah. I'm, so I'm talking to him. I'm like, what happened? You sold out of the shirt? He goes, listen, we have 350 people coming to meet Gardner Minshew to get autographs. He was on TV. Yeah, I know. With he's Gardner. such a star. People are Everywhere. like so in love with him. And, it, and like, that's what I said to, <laughs> to my boyfriend. I was like, I can't believe he was like so close to us. Yeah. Oh, and my he God. just like looked at me and was like, yeah, he lives here. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? That's what happens. <laughs> But uh, even Brent Martin now, like, flew to his hometown to interview people that he grew up with and hang out at the bar where he used to get drunk and stuff. Yeah, it's like all these six-year-olds, like, they even knew <laughs> it's crazy, him yeah. when he was there. So, <laughs> anyway, but there's but with all this Minshew mania, there is a byproduct, and there's a negative side to it all. And there was a big article Megan was reading about this yesterday. Apparently. Oh, the Wall Street Journal literally wrote up a whole article oh, about Oh, it was the him. Wall Street Journal? Yes. Why were you reading the Wall Street Journal? Somebody sent it to me, but oh. it was just funny because it was like... It says Gardner Minshew's throwback mustache inspires NFL fans, which right. is true. Everybody basically I mean, has a mustache at this so point. So many dudes that I know are rocking the Minshew. Uh, but it says to the horror of their spouses. Yeah. So it is a whole article about 
significant others who hate that their husbands and boyfriends are growing or like shaving their mustache to oh my look God. like him. That is so funny. It's disgusting. I don't think it's unattractive. You it's, don't think it's unattractive? No, it's like seventies. Well, my uh, it's like cool. We have good friends. My friends Rob and Lisa. He, Rob, like he's weird. He's this chameleon. Like whenever, especially for Halloween, he can change in anything. But he shaved his face into a Gardner Minshew mustache, and he got like the headband and the jorts. I mean, looks just like him. Mm-hmm. And we were all like, "You look amazing. You look great." And his wife Lisa is like, "I don't like Hates it. it. Hates yeah. it. Yeah, she's like, I don't like that." It's cool, you know, like, if you want to take a photo, but then you got to shave that thing off. Yeah, but guys are literally leaving it on for the whole season. Oh, they're not, of course they yeah, are. Yeah, you got to because it's good luck. Yeah, I've been growing my mustache now for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's really coming in strong. It looks good, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, star Star 951. Ladies, has your man started sporting the Minchu mustache and you just can't stand it? Star Star 951. Your phone call is coming up. On the Big A Morning Mess. Big A Traffic. From the Safe Touch Security Traffic Center. Westside Driver setting into downtown on I-10 East. Y'all got to get Mark K more time on the air. Be careful what you wish for, Jacksonville. You just might get it. We want us some Mark K. We're entertaining meets informative. You make it easier to go to work knowing I get to listen to you for two hours a day. Local stories, local issues. Just call it like it is. You are standing solid on truth. I love your show, brother. Two full hours of the Mark K Show starts right now. Damn right. Damn right. Mark, K. Damn right. Yeah, thank you. See, I haven't even said anything yet. That guy gets it. That guy get that guy understands what's going on. He's all I haven't even said hello. What's up? It's uh the Mark K show. I'm Mark K. Damn right, Mark K. Damn right. That's my new favorite clip. We're just gonna now whenever anybody calls to disagree with me, we're not gonna go to the phones. We're just gonna play that. I whatever it is I say, I'm like, man, the sky is purple and the grass is orange. Damn right, Mark K. Damn right. This is fun. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to the other Josh for uh, for harvesting that one for us. Uh, what, it is uh, the Mark K Show, and it is Friday Eve, and we do have a lot of stuff uh, we have to get to. And, um, you know, we've got we've got some information about the NBA in China, which I'm still not sure I fully understand, but that's okay because a lot of other people still don't fully understand it. I know that there's a lot of money in China, but it seems to me like if China doesn't want the basketball, let's just not give them the basketball. You know, we can keep the basketball for ourselves or go find other countries that we can sucker into wasting hours upon hours of their lives, fo- you know, following these basketball games and, and playing fantasy basketball and losing money and, you know, whatnot. Anyway, but uh, but apparently, you know, China and, and the NBA, this thing's not going away anytime soon. And now the president has gotten involved, but more on a personal level, because, you know, he doesn't have a lot of fans and a lot of fans in uh, professional basketball or as the other Josh pointed out, professional sports in general, or, you know, in, in California, really, in general. Uh, so we'll get into a little bit of that. Also, uh, we got a couple of open mics about Turkey and uh, Syria. And, uh, the, again, you always hear, and you know, I, I, feel, I sound like a broken record, but you always hear one side of the story when you listen to the media or you watch the news or any of these things. It's always very one-sided. And it, you, nobody has ever explained, hey, why is it that Donald Trump pulled our troops out of uh, Turkey? Why is it now that you've got the Republicans and the Democrats that are screaming that Donald Trump should put the troops back in and that is bad foreign policy? And now Turkey's invading Syria. And what is actually going on? Uh, but, you know, there's something that, that Donald Trump did early on in his campaign, which we should probably touch on as well, because a lot of people, when they hear about the invasions, when they hear about the Kurds, they're still really confused about that. So we'll get into a little bit of that. News 104.5 WOKV. 
All right, let's get into this uh, because we're running. I guess we have a little bit of time. Uh, It's time to play some What the Bleep. And this is very exciting because today, get this, we have tickets to go see Chris Stapleton, who is performing tonight at Star Veterans Memorial Arena. And uh, I know that the other Josh is going, which means he may or may not be here tomorrow. 855-765-1045. Let's meet our contestants. First up is Lori from Jack's Beach. How you doing, Lori? Doing great. Oh, good. Are you a big Chris Stapleton fan? Huge. Perfect. Yeah. You got you got any plans tonight? Um, hopefully. Oh, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, here in just a minute. Right, we're going to find out. Uh, you're going to be contestant number one, and you're going to be playing against Jeff in Jacksonville. Jeff, how's it going, man? Good. How's it going? Good. You want to go see Chris Stapleton tonight? Sure. All right, good. Well, first you have to win the contest. And uh, and here's what we call this one. We call this one, What the Bleep? Now, it works like this. Basically, what we're going to do is we've taken some clips from the news this past week, and uh, we're going to play them for you. We've bleeped out one word in each clip. So you have to tell us what word we bleeped out. If you get it right, you get a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins two tickets to see Chris Stapleton. How does that sound to everybody? Sounds good. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to be starting with you today, Lori. Listen carefully. This is uh, your first clue. It's Donald Trump speaking at the White House, and he was asked about the NBA mess in China. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Well, the NBA is a different thing. I mean, I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little b- He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, oh, oh I don't know. Oh, yeah. What the, <laughs> what the bleep there, Lori? Uh, baby. Like a little baby. Let's take a listen. Well, the NBA is a different thing. I mean, I watch uh, this guy, Steve Kerr, and he was like a little boy. He was so scared to be even answering the question. He couldn't answer the question. He was shaking. Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It was boy, not baby, but that was very close. That was very close. Uh, All right, next up we have, uh, Jeff, for you. This is our own news anchor, Kevin Rafuse, who we brought in from Orlando today to fill in for uh, Rich Jones. Who's on? Uh, who's on maternity leave? Um, listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Okay, Jeff. Okay. All right, here we go. If you get caught in one, just ride it all the way out and then swim horizontal. I know that you know really sounds easy on the radio, but it's a good thing to remember. Don't try to f- it. Fight <laughs> <What? laughs> it. What, what do you think he said? Fight. Don't try to fight it. All right. Let's, let's if you get caught in one, just ride it all the way out and then swim horizontal. I know that you know really sounds easy on the radio, but it's a good thing to remember. Don't try to fight it. Oh, look at that. Don't try to fight it. Don't do it. You don't ever fight a rip current. You're going to lose. Uh, all right. You're on the board with a point, but it's still anybody's game. We go back to you, Lori. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. This is Brian Todd on CNN, and he's a reporter discussing uh, discussing uh, Dennis Rodman offering up his services of diplomacy between China and the NBA. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. Maybe when you've been thrown your own filled private party by the likes of Kim Jong-un, you think all things are possible. What do you think there, uh, Lori? Uh, can you play it again? Absolutely I can. Listen carefully. Maybe when you've been thrown your own filled private party by the likes of Kim Jong-un, you think all things are possible. Yeah, Lori. Um, um, lifelong? I don't know. All right, let's take a listen. Maybe when you've been thrown your own booze-filled private party for the likes of Kim Jong-un, yeah, you think all things are possible. That's what, you know, because that's, uh, that's what they do in North Korea uh, when you're the dictator. You throw booze-filled parties for NBA stars. Jeff, back to you. Are you ready? Okay. All right, listen carefully. This is Don Lemon 
on CNN discussing uh, the impeachment inquiry and Donald Trump's response. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep. A source telling CNN that the whistleblower wrote a memo describing the reaction of the White House official who listened to the Ukraine call, an official calling the conversation, quote, crazy and f Crazy and sick. Let's take a listen. A source telling CNN that the whistleblower wrote a memo describing the reaction of the White House official who listened to the Ukraine call, an official calling the conversation, quote, crazy and frightening. Frightening. Oh, that was, that was a close one. All right, Laurie, back to you. You can, you can tie it up right here. Are you ready? I am. Yeah. All right, listen, this is former National Security Advisor, I think that's what she was, Susan Rice, talking to Anderson Cooper, uh, something about uh, Obama. Listen carefully. The Obama administration provided documents. They provided testimony. Secretary Clinton for 11 hours. I for four hours. What? <laughs> what, the, what, the, what the bleep, Laurie? <laughs> Talked. 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 Oh, that's a good guess. Let's take a listen. Here we go. The Obama administration provided documents. They provided testimony. Secretary Clinton sat for 11 hours. Oh. I sat for four hours. Sat for four hours. Ah. Yeah, sat and talked, but sat was the word we were looking for. All right, back to you, Jeff. Here we go. Uh, this is Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Listen carefully. He's talking about Donald Trump's allegations against Joe Biden. Listen carefully and tell us what the bleep, okay? All right. All right here we go. And what the Trump campaign has been paying to do is flood Facebook with bogus false ads about Joe Biden. <laughs> What the bleep there, uh, Jeff? Fake. Fake. Let's, let's take a listen. And what the Trump campaign has been paying to do is flood Facebook with bogus, flatly false ads oh. about Joe Biden. Flatly false ads, not flatly fake false ads. Uh, sorry, that's incorrect. Uh. We are out of time. And Jeff, with a score of one nothing, uh, congratulations, you've won the game. But Lori... Great news. We do have a second pair of Chris Stapleton tickets that we need to give away in the next 30 seconds. So we're going to give them to you as well. OK. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yay. Hey, thank you. Thank you both for listening. Hang tight. We're going to uh, we're going to hook you guys up with those. Everybody else. Have a great day. Thanks again to everybody who called in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with an all new episode of the Mark K Show. In the meantime, stay tuned for traffic, weather, news and Rush Limbaugh. All next on News 104.5 WOKV. This is News 104.5 WOKV, where Jacksonville turns first for breaking news, severe weather, and traffic alerts. On air, online, on every device with the WOKV app. Live team coverage starts now. It's 11.59. I'm Adam Kirk. Well, there you go. A radio announcer who works on two different radio stations. We listen to Mark K, who works at radio station WAPE-FM doing mornings, and he does talk on radio station WOKV-FM as well. Both stations are owned and operated by Cox Media. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F, Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can call our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live.
on the worldwide legend.